Hey, this is Corey Wong. If you are interested in guitar players, if you're interested in artists and how they think, why they create, what it is that motivates them to create, come check out my podcast, Wong Notes Podcast, where I get to interview some of my absolute heroes, people like John Mayer, Niall Rogers, Jacob Collier, Madison Cunningham, Benson, Vi, Santana, Satriani, Lukather, Matheny. Oh, the names are insane icons of the guitar, icons of artistry and creativity. I absolutely love sitting down with these musicians and getting to ask them about their creative process and get into the details of why they do what they do. Check it out, Wong Notes. Listen now, wherever you get podcasts. everybody, welcome back. My name is Jason Shadrick, and we're here for another week of Chasing Frets. And I'm Andy Ellis. And Jason, this episode is all about the art of the eight-bar solo. Yeah, and it's so common in modern country music, which our guest Lindsay L. Uh, kind of thrives in, that we thought it'd be great to, to have her on to talk about it. And she does give a lot of interesting tidbits and behind the scenes thinking about what kind of goes in to the planning of these, how much improvisation is involved, how much maybe is worked out ahead of time, and and some interesting stories about how the producer of her new record, Heart Theory, Dan Huff, helped kind of push her in certain ways to, to develop these shorter solos. And I think it's important to acknowledge that she played all the solos on her new album, despite the fact that she was in the studio with not only Dan Huff, who is a legendary studio guitarist, but also two other studio guitarists who are just killing it here in Nashville. And yet, she holds her own with her eight-bar solos in her on her new record. And I think one of the things that she points out is that in commercial country, there's not a lot of time for noodling around on your guitar. If you're going to do a solo, you have to nail it right out of the gate. And this is, uh, you know, good th- good tips for all of us, even if we do have time to noodle all around. I mean, even on recording, you know, stuff with my own band, it's always, all right, you have eight or 12 measures here. What can what can you do? And, and to me, that's so much harder than having uh, a longer solo and being able to build and develop it and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So... So that'll be the focus of today's episode. Uh, make sure to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And you can drop us a line at chasingfrets at premierguitar.com. So let's jump into today's episode with Lindsay L. All right, we are back again with Lindsay L. And today we are going to be talking about art of the eight bar solo give or take a bar i guess you know? mm-hmm. which uh if you tuned in on monday uh we espoused our mutual admiration for dan huff and all the things he's done uh to help you and everybody else uh push through their guitar issues uh but with this one Lindsay, tell me a little bit about what your approach is when you have and these most of the time these could happen in live or in the studio when you have a, a pretty finite amount of space to tell a story, you know, what's your, what's your approach to that? 
Yeah, you know, um, like I kind of said in the last episode, I feel that playing guitar live and playing guitar in the studio are completely different things. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes, you know, for radio edits, you can't have a 16-bar guitar solo. And so an 8-bar guitar solo, or sometimes even a 4-bar guitar solo, the way music is going now, um, you have a lot less time to say what you want to say. And so it's it's more about... Um, getting to the point right away. And um, like I said last time, I always view guitar solos as additional lyrics to a song. So um, it's really choosing what you want to say, you know? Um, And it depends so much about the song. I mean, you know, in an eight-bar solo, you don't really have time to, like, like, get to something. (laughs) <laughs> you kind of just got to go into it like but um but in the same light you know it 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 really determines or depends on the song i guess and um and and what it needs you know maybe it needs a five note solo and that's that's what it calls for so typically with short guitar solo land on records i um I really look at the song and I'm like, okay, lyrically, what is this missing? What else could be said? Um, and sonically, you know, is it something that may need a lot? Or is, is it something that, that needs something a little bit more chill? Have you ever um, come into the studio to do guitar for someone else's project? Or is that something that is still waiting for you? Because I think you would do a great job joining someone else's song and bringing all the things that you've discovered through Dan and through your own music into someone else's song. Have you done that? Yeah, I have actually. I mean, um, growing up, I, I'm from Calgary, Canada. And so, um, I played guitar on a lot of different friends records growing up and I would just, you know, bring my amp and my tiny little pedal board. I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I loved to play guitar. And so, um, so I kind of played on a lot of friends' records. And now, I mean, um, a lot of friends will ask me to, uh, you know, lay, lay a few things down. Or for sure, when I'm writing or when other friends are writing, sometimes they'll just send me files and be like, hey, could you lay a quick solo down or something? And so I love being able to um, play on songs that aren't mine. <laughs> because it's just a different headspace like I'm usually the songwriter and and playing guitar on a song I've written and so I'm just so into it my head's into it I know lyrically where we could have gone and where we didn't and so I I kind of know the missing information but um coming in from a third perspective I love doing that and yeah I definitely want to do it more Andy um I you know, I, I guess the duet I was on, What Happens in a Small Town, um, that's a song I definitely didn't write. And yet was kind of thrown in and be like, okay, now go do your thing. And so it's it's just nice sometimes, like coming in from the outside and, and trying to put your stamp on it. Do you ask for the lyrics if you haven't written the song? You know, because you, you, you speak really eloquently about the idea that your guitar is filling in the lyrics in your songs. You know, you're making a bridge from one set of lyrics to another with your guitar. But if you play on someone else's song, I've heard other people say that they go into the session and ask for the lyrics. You know, 
show me what this song is about. It's not just play the tracks. It's, have you done that? Yeah, I ask for the lyrics a lot, and I am the worst at hearing lyrics in a song. Like, it can be the biggest pop song on the planet, and I'm like, what are they, are they saying banana? Or they, like, I, I just can't hear lyrics sometimes, and I should instinctively as a writer know what they're saying, but I'm just terrible at listening to lyrics and picking up on what a singer is saying. Um, and so I ask for lyrics a lot. I just feel it's so helpful. I mean... I am so grateful I'm a writer, I'm so grateful I'm a singer and a performer, but I'm mostly grateful that I can play instruments to further communicate a song on a different level. You know, I feel like um, guitar solos are so emotive, and when you can take that song to a different place within the course of, of eight bars, I mean, it's so exciting to me. That challenge, I'm just like, give me eight bars. I will, I will show you. <laughs> Who are some of the players that you kind of maybe have in the back of your mind that you feel especially excel at the art of the short solo? You know, there's a lot of session guys in town that um, I, you know, may not be names that a lot of people know, but um, I've just really grown up as a player around them for the past 10 years living in Nashville. Um, Derek Wells and um, Rob Rob McNelly have, um, I've been just in sessions with both of them so much. I mean, Tom Buchlevec, like these guys are the pros at short solos. I mean, they do this every day and they have been doing this, you know, sometimes doubles, triple sessions a day. Just go, 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 go. Now that, you know, the recording world is getting a lot more based in people's home studios and stuff. Um, even the session world is changing a little bit, but, um, but yeah, Derek and Rob and Tom are, are experts at like really honing into a song. They can hear a song once and they're like, okay, give it to me. And the solo's perfect. And I'm just like, how do you do that? Like, how do you hone in to exactly what a song is missing and then, and then hit it? Um, when you ask them that, what do they say? I mean, I've had that conversation with Rob before. And he's just like, well, thank you very much. He's such a sweetheart. <laughs> and um, he's like, I don't know. I just, I've been doing this for a long time. So he's so, um, you know, no ego about it. But I do think that, you know, practice makes better. I won't say perfect. Practice <laughs> makes you better. Because um, I don't know if there's ever a perfect. But but uh, Derek and, and Rob and Tom are, are definitely yeah. pros. There's, there's like very few problems that either 100 gigs or 100 sessions won't help you with. That is so yeah. true. 100 sessions and 100 gigs. I mean, there's the whole 10,000 hours rule. And I think at that point, it's not like you necessarily learn a whole bunch more. I mean, you do obviously pick up things, but I think you just get more comfortable in your own skin and comfortable to try things. And not as scared to make a mistake if you do. Mm -hmm. And when you can get in that place creatively, it opens up a whole new world. I'm going to put you on the spot, Lindsay, to wrap up this episode and ask you, you get to play an eight-bar solo on anybody's record. Who is it going to be? Mm. Ooh. This I, isn't the only one. This is just the one right now you, you is just top of mind that you would love to do. 
I mean, like somebody who's who's alive and like in our space today. Yes, let's 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 extend that vision board that we did with Dan Huff <laughs> to get him as producing your record. So you okay. you get to play an eight bar solo on somebody's record. Who's it gonna be? Oh gosh, I mean, I would really love to. Um, I mean, collaborate with Clapton, obviously. Add add yourself <laughs> to the flipping list, um, as well as I'll give you a, a more. Um, well, Clapton listens to the show. I'm sure that we'll work that out. Okay, perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. <laughs> Eric, I would love that. Um, I think it would be cool to collaborate with Sean Mendez one day. He's a fellow Canadian. Um, he's a really cool player and songwriter. And um, I just feel like that, that could be something really cool. Dig it. That's funny because a while back I asked you, we were talking, you and I were talking about rig rundowns. And I said, if you could host one, who would it be? And you said, Sean Mendes. Okay, Maybe that's, that's been idea. in my brain, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Lindsay, for joining us uh, to talk about short solos and big guitars. And uh, we're going to be back one more time this week to talk about one of your and my favorite guitar players. So join us on Friday for that episode, and we'll uh, see you all then. Bye.